Hey friends, it is so good to be with you today. If you are joining us online for the first time, special welcome to you. My name is Jason Wolliver. I'm the directing pastor here at Crossroads and so glad that we could just spend some time together today. So today we're starting a new three-part message series called Rooted. And this is going to help us get ready for the fall season of ministry. And so today we're talking about digging deeper into discipleship. Next week, we're going to be talking about digging deeper into evangelism. And then the following week, we're going to be talking about digging deeper into prayer. And after that, we're going to be starting a new message series going through the New Testament letter of 1 John. We're going to be looking at just a couple of verses of scripture today. And then I'm going to be sharing what our discipleship system here at Crossroads looks like so that you can discern if God is calling you to take a step along the discipleship path. But let me say a prayer before we get started. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness and your love. I pray that you will bless and strengthen us to dig deeper into you and into your word. I pray that you would help us to have deep roots in you, that we would rebuild our lives on you in Jesus' name. Amen. So there are many amazing artists in our congregation here at Crossroads. One of them is a wonderful woman named Mary Penn. And often when Mary is reading the Bible or hearing a sermon or a Bible teaching, the Holy Spirit will put an image in her mind of a piece of artwork, which she will then spontaneously produce on whatever is available. If you aren't friends with her on Facebook, you ought to follow her on Facebook because she just shares a lot of really great inspirational art. But back in 2020, when the pandemic was just starting and we were all in quarantine, Mary mailed me a wonderful picture of the scripture passage that we're going to be looking at today. And it was really encouraging to me during those years, those months that we were quarantined and we were all away from one another. And you can see the picture here. And the text is the one we're looking at today. It's Colossians 2 verses 6 and 7, which says, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots go down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So the letter of Colossians in the New Testament is one of the Apostle Paul's prison letters, along with Ephesians, Philemon, and Philippians. Colossae was located about 120 miles east of Ephesus in what is now modern-day Turkey. And the church there was probably started by Epaphras, who probably became a Christian during Paul's three-year span of ministry in Ephesus. Paul had never been to Colossae, but Epaphras had come to visit Paul in prison and had told Paul everything that was going on at this new church. And like the other churches that are named in the New Testament, there were problems in the church in Colossae, and most of them were tied to false teaching that had snuck into the church. And as we read Colossians, we can see that the false teaching had to do with people teaching an inadequate view and understanding 
understanding of who Christ is, the insistence on overly strict observance of religious rituals and festivals which are not binding on Christians. Some people were teaching that you needed to treat your body very harshly and punish your body in order to advance spiritually. And people were also teaching spiritism or a pagan emphasis on elemental spirits, which is like occultism in today's world. So Paul is writing to these new converts to Christianity, and he says to them in verse 6 here, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, you must continue to follow him. Apparently, many of the people in the first century were hearing the gospel, accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord, but then not continuing to follow him. They weren't implementing the necessary lifestyle and habit change that is consistent with being a follower of Jesus. Now, this is a very common thing that takes place anywhere where lots of people are accepting Christ. Revivals, evangelical events, um, churches, anytime where lots of people are accepting Christ, a lot of people might feel moved to decide to follow Christ, say a prayer, committing themselves to Christ, even get baptized, but then not be consistent in following Jesus afterward. We need to always remember that we are not just called to convert people, get people to say a prayer, or even just get people to be baptized. It feels good to have those things happen. But Jesus told us in the Great Commission that what we are to do is to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yes, but then teaching them to observe everything that Jesus has commanded us. But here, Paul isn't addressing those who are bringing people to faith in Christ. He's addressing those who have come to faith in Christ. He says, you who have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must now follow through. You must learn to walk in him. Jesus doesn't just want converts. He wants disciples. He wants us to follow him consistently all the days of our lives. And then Paul uses two metaphors to kind of explain what it means to continue to follow Jesus. He uses a metaphor of a tree and of a house. He says, first, let your roots grow down into him. If you remember the famous parable of the sower, Jesus describes how different people respond to the preaching of the Word of God. And he compares people to different types of soil. He shares four different soil types, and only three of those soil types, uh, only one of those soil types produces any fruit. The others do not. And so he's comparing people to these soil types. And he explains the second soil type in that parable saying this, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as problems arise or they are persecuted for believing God's word. He said, some people, they will fall away. If we don't have roots that grow deep into the word of God, eventually we will fall away. 
Either problems in our life will cause us to fall away from Christ, or we're afraid of getting pushback for standing on God's word, so we'll fall away. We must let our roots grow deep into the person of Christ and the word of God. The second metaphor Paul uses is that of building a house. He says, let your lives be built on him. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, we basically have to rebuild our lives on a whole new foundation of truth. The foundation of truth taught by the unbelieving world is inadequate at best, demonic at worst. To accept Jesus means that we have to acknowledge that many of the things that we thought were true may not be true. We may have been wrong all along about the purpose of life, about where happiness is found, about how we're to use our money or our bodies, about what's permissible in terms of sexual relationships, about our whole worldview, about our attitudes of heart, about our thought life. And rebuilding our lives on Christ takes a great deal of humility and teachability. But the other side of this is that when we begin to build our lives on Jesus, we're building them on the most secure foundation for the very first time. As Jesus said at the end of his famous Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they pounded on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew. It beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. So after we accept Jesus, we must grow deep roots into him. We must build our lives on him. But Paul says if we do, the payoff will be huge. He says in Colossians 2 verse 7, then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Paul mentions two great payoffs to continuing to follow Jesus with deep roots and a firm foundation. First payoff is a strong faith. What do we need more than that if we're going to survive and thrive in this very difficult world that we live in? We need a strong faith. And that is the payoff to continuing to follow Jesus and build our lives on his word. What else do we need every day in order to be happy, in order to enjoy the life that we have, no matter what the circumstances are? We need a grateful heart. That is a byproduct of continuing to follow Jesus with deep roots and a firm foundation. There's a words that Christians use for this process of growing deeper and rebuilding our lives on Christ. It's the word discipleship. This is the process of learning to live our lives as disciples of Jesus. And we do this work of discipleship together, always together as members of the body of Christ. And as members of Crossroads, we do this work together. The classic illustration of how we grow as disciples is the root system of a redwood tree. Redwood trees can grow over 300 feet high and can have a lifespan of over 2,000 years, yet their roots 
only go down about six to 12 feet into the earth. So how are they able to grow so high, live so long, and withstand so much? It's because their roots intertwine and interlock with other redwoods. They build a network of roots and they grow strong together over time. And this is the only way that we can grow strong as Christians, in community. Jesus never gave the picture of someone becoming a disciple off on their lonesome. He was always building groups of people, a body of people. He was building his church, the gathering of people who follow Jesus. And so, at Crossroads, we take this process very seriously. We try to put a lot of effort into reaching people and helping people accept Jesus as Lord and getting baptized, but also into producing and sustaining a discipleship system to help people follow Jesus continually. And so, the diagram on the screen shows how our discipleship pathway is constructed here at Crossroads. Although, I acknowledge that discipleship is not over a, always a linear process. It doesn't always follow a clear path. Sometimes it just happens in different ways. But this is how we've designed our pathway. Discipleship at Crossroads starts with worship. Most people who start following Jesus in a community connect first through the worship attendance of the church, either by attending in person or listening online. The weekly worship habit is the most important habit of all discipleship habits. It's where we get together on Sunday morning before the week starts and we declare that God is first and foremost in our lives. Christians have been doing this weekly ever since Jesus rose from the dead, gathering in the first part of the first day of the week, declaring together that Jesus is Lord. Now, I believe that if you're going to have one habit that will help you stay linked to Christ over the long haul, the weekly worship habit, gathering with other believers to hear the God's word, to sing God's praises, is the most important one. However, to grow in your discipleship, you need to go beyond that eventually. So from worship, we try to connect everyone at our church into grow groups. Grow groups were established here at Crossroads in fall of 2016 for the purposes of fellowship and study. This is the goal of connecting people in long-term relationships around God's Word. Grow groups are like a mini-church. I met with the church a couple of weeks ago to talk about our denomination, and the church has about 11 people that attend every week. Well, if you have 11 people that come to your worship service, then they really can take care of one another, and they recognize when someone is missing, and they can follow up with that person. They can almost do that as a part of their weekly worship. But when you have as many people as we do worshiping, we really need other ways to connect people in smaller groups. And so grow groups are groups of people, normally between 10 and 12 people, but it can be less than that. It can be much more than that every once in a while. They usually meet Every other week, sometimes they meet every week. Sometimes they meet only once a month. That's a little harder to keep the group together if they do that. Um, grow groups often have people of different genders. They have men and women, and they connect together for fellowship and study. Uh, some of our grow groups here at Crossroads study the sermon each week. 
Each week um, when we write our sermons, we send them to a wonderful Bible scholar in our church named Linda Young, and she produces a discussion guide for our grow groups, which grow group leaders can use to facilitate a small group based on our weekly sermons. So some grow groups do that. Others choose to study a book or a Bible study for their grow group meeting. But we love to help people get connected in grow groups. We love to help people start new grow groups. If you have been attending Crossroads for some time, we are ready to help you take the next step into a grow group. We have lots of grow groups that meet different times throughout the week. We want to help you get connected in a grow group. Now, um, beyond grow groups, we also encourage people to form their own discipleship bands. And the purpose of a discipleship band is accountability. Bands are same gender groups of two to five people, which usually meet about twice a month, possibly every week. These are self-forming groups, and they meet to ask one another questions, to confess sins to one another, and to pray for one another. This is a practice that was established by John Wesley, the founder of Methodism. And so, whereas we help you get put in a grow group, really you need to find people to start a band. And we have many people that meet each week or every other week for bands for this purpose. I've been following Jesus for... 25 years, and I've been in a small accountability group like that almost the entire time. I can't imagine uh, following Jesus without this kind of thing. So we always have the resources here at the church. They're always available outside the sanctuary at the Welcome Center for you to grab, pick up, and start your own discipleship band. Usually, they don't involve study. It's for accountability. Now, if you are not in a grow group, or you are, and you need an overview of Christianity, you need an introduction to Christianity in a fun and not threatening way, we always offer Alpha every year. It's an introduction to Christianity, and it covers all the basics to get you started in the Christian faith. Things like, who is Jesus? What is the Bible? What is prayer? How do we pray? Who is the Holy Spirit? What are spiritual gifts? All of these things. And there's always a meal included. It is a whole lot of fun. And our Alpha course is beginning on September 5th here at Crossroads. It's going to be Tuesday evenings from 6 to 8.30. If you're in the area and you have not taken that, strongly encourage you to take Alpha here at Crossroads. And then from Alpha, you can maybe join a, a grow group after that. We'd love to help you get plugged in, but that's a short-term intro to Christianity course that we are big, big fans of. Now, on the other side of grow groups, we also have something called doing what Jesus did, which is a little bit of an in-depth training class for people who are already Christians. And my wife, Janice, and I teach this class. This is our third year in a row, and Holly Snyder is a part of this. And this is where we train people 
in how to do the ministry things that we see Jesus do in the Bible. We train people how to share the gospel with others. We train people in how to share their story with others. We train people in how to listen to the Holy Spirit throughout the day and how to share what you're hearing from the Holy Spirit with others. We train people in how to pray for the sick so that they might be healed. It's a marvelous class. It's a 19-week course. It starts September 7th and runs through March 14th. That This year, it's going to be on Thursday evenings from 6.30 to 8.30. We would love to have you be a part of that. That is going to be a lot of fun. We also offer a number of short-term, in-depth Bible studies or book studies, which occur at various times, which you could plug in here at Crossroads if you're in the area. On Thursday mornings this fall, beginning on September 7th, our pastor emeritus, Danny Cox, is going to be leading a book study from Timothy Tennant's book called For the Body. And this is a theology study from the president of Asbury Seminary. It's a great body. I mean, a great book about how the human body is designed to point to Christ and to give glory to God. It's a great theology of the body, of sexuality, a wonderful study. If you're in the area, it would be a great thing to do on a Thursday morning. That's going to be at 9.30s on Thursday, starting on September 7th. And another one that we're offering here at the church, starting on September 13th, is the Epic of Eden Bible Study. And Pastor Megan Honig is going to be leading this. And this is going to be an overview of the Old Testament by Professor Sandra Richter. This is an incredibly popular um study series, the Epic of Eden Bible Study. So if you're in the area on Wednesday evenings, you really might want to consider taking that in-depth Bible study with Pastor Megan this fall. Now, another thing that we, we are very much fans of is something called Community Bible Study. And this is not a Crossroads ministry, but a number of Crossroads people are a part of this ministry, and they meet here at Crossroads. It's a local and global movement of God's Word, which explores what the Bible tells us about different aspects of life through studying books of the Bible, verse by verse. We love this, and we can give you more information about how to sign up for that, or you can go to peoriaeast.cbsclass.org. All of these discipleship opportunities can be accessed at our website, washingtoncrossroads.com. But I want to tell you, friend, this is a rocky world that we live in, but Jesus is with us all the way. He has given us the gift of His Word. He has given us the gift of His Spirit. He's given us the gift of one another. After accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is critical that you continue to follow Him, that you let your roots grow deep into Him, that you build your life on Him, and then you will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And then you will stay connected to Jesus in the abundant life all the way through to the eternal kingdom. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your grace and power at work in our lives and in our church. 
I thank you, Lord, that you are so good to us and that you give us so many gifts to equip us to live for you. I just pray that you would help every person here to hear the step you're calling them to take this fall and to take that step. You love us. You want the best for us. You invite us into friendship with you. And now, Lord, we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us declare together what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, is crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sit down at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified of our most recent content. If you have any comments or questions for us, feel free to jump over to WashingtonCrossroads.com. Thank you again and have a great week.